0: Hey everyone, this is William from a fan's perspective. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How to record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen on? How do I make money from this podcast? Well, guys, the answer was really easy. The answer was Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with a great sponsor who wants to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Guys, let me be real. Anchor has changed the way I look at podcasts. It made it really easy for me to get in there, start editing my stuff, and get it out to you. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money while doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear what you come up with in your podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to A Fan's Perspective, Uh, my name is William. I know it's been a while since we've done a podcast and I apologize about that. We've had a lot of crazy things going on and as you can tell by the noticeable absence of my partner Josh, he will not be joining us this afternoon. But we're going to continue on and we're going to talk about sports and all things sports right now. So really what I want to cover first, we've got a couple topics to cover right now, but first we're going to cover the NBA Finals. Um... Now, let's start off with saying, I hope the best recovery goes to Klay Thompson and KD. You know, Klay Thompson tore his ACL, KD ruptured his Achilles, and that's a rough way to go down. We I, I'll admit I wanted to see Toronto win, but I didn't want to see him win to a Golden State team that wasn't quite 100%. Now... I'm also excited because Kawhi Leonard's the first player to win an NBA Finals MVP in both conferences, which is really cool when you think about that. Now, some of the big headlines right now, um, you know, the Warriors are already claiming the unfinished business motto, right? Like, they're hoping to come back next year, they're fully focused, and they're really wanting to get back to those NBA Finals. However, I do think next year with off-season and free agency rolling around right now. We are going to see the Lakers, I think, now, you know, this is my opinion, but I do think we're going to see the Lakers kind of make a push, right? We're going to see them probably in their best light that we've seen them in a while because there's a lot going on right now. Free agency has a lot of moving parts, especially with KD. Now, I do feel like KD is going to get a max deal from several different teams. Um, it wouldn't shock me if we see the Warriors uh, throw him a max deal. I mean, he literally gave all. He gave his entire essence to that team. Came back in game five. Nailed 11 points in the in his time that he was in the game before his Achilles actually gave out. So, I do see the Warriors kind of um, maybe giving him a max deal. Now, he doesn't have to take that because... KD is in line. He has the player option, which is about $31.5 million where he can sit at home and do nothing. To be honest, uh, KD doesn't strike me as that player. I don't see him wanting to just take a deal, sit at home. I mean, he's going to miss the next 9 to 10 months um, with an Achilles rupture like that. But I don't see KD being that player that just takes the deal and dumps out like that, right? He's not going to want to sit at home. So I do think we're going to see KD probably move away from Golden State because he's going to be looking forward to what's what's the next chapter for KD, right? Because we've seen him with an all-star team cuz all five starters of Golden State are all-stars. Let's let's not joke about that. But I think what we need to see from KD is that he can run a team that's not a bunch of perennial all-stars. And get to those finals and championship. Now, don't get me wrong. Katie is by far still one of the greatest players in our our history of basketball. He is one of the he is what we call a a once in a lifetime kind of player, right? He he can drive the basket well, but man, when he's out behind that arc, he's just destroying it. And I think that's that's awesome. And I would love to see him move to a New York Knicks kind of position, a team that really isn't strong at the moment that could pull in RJ Barrett with the draft if they choose to go that way. And that would give Katie a young player to kind of help develop. They already got that young guy they drafted last year. Um, and I would love to see Katie kind of do that, but let's see what the Warriors are going to do with, see if they're going to offer him another contract instead of just hoping he takes the player option. That being said, I also want to see what Kawhi does because Kawhi is a free agent. Um, I would like to see him re with Toronto. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a long-term deal. But I'd like to see him sign with Toronto and, and see what they can make out of this. I mean, they just got their first championship in franchise history. And I'd love to see what they can do in the future, right? You got Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Uh, Siakam was absolutely amazing. Gar, uh, you know, Mark Gasol was Absolutely crazy right now. He was a very big benefit for Toronto. Now, talking about Toronto, I actually had a friend that brought up a point, and and I'm going to give my opinion on that, is that he asked me the question, do I feel like Kawhi Leonard could have done this without Kyle Lowry? Is Kyle Lowry clutch was really the question. Is Do I feel like the way Kyle Lowry played in the finals – Can we qualify him as clutch? Now, my definition of clutch is being able to step up in those big moments like you have ice water running through your veins and just go to the basket, make plays, draw fouls, get those points on the board however you can. Now, Kyle Lowry did that, but let's be fair... Kawhi Leonard was the MVP of the finals for a reason. He got in there, he fought hard, he was driving to the basket. And let's not forget about Game 5, where he literally put them in the position to win that game. And unfortunately, Kyle Lowry missed that final shot, came off the side of the backboard. And there we went. We went to Game 6, which the Raptors ultimately wrapped up. But, when you look at Kyle Lowry's career stats, I don't see him as being a player you can clarify as clutch right now. This is a great start for him. I'd love to see what he does next year to kind of earn that right of being called clutch. Because without him, they don't win the title. But could they have won it if he played half-heartedly? Probably not. But we have to look at it. Without Kawhi, they don't win the title, right? So, it's hard to bring Lowry in his clutch when you do have Leonard just kind of sitting there as an ominous shadow over him because, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, you know, they proved it with Demar Derozan that they they couldn't they couldn't pull the big trigger, and to me that's that's kind of what we look at when we start talking about hey, you know what what were they like before Kawhi Leonard got there and and they weren't that great I mean they. They were a solid team, but, you know, we can't look at them and be like, oh, man, they were just absolutely amazing. Because, let's be fair, if they were absolutely amazing, they probably would have won a title sooner than now. So, that's that's the big thing going on right now. But another thing I want to talk about is something that a lot of y'all probably don't care. I hope there's more people that keep up with this than I'm giving people credit for, and that's the Women's World Cup. Now, let's look at the standings right now. So, the United States is in Group F. We've played one game. We've won one game. Uh, the biggest hit we took in that game was the fact that we celebrated 13 goals, right? Now, I understand soccer is a, a sport of celebrations. You know, it's hard. It's You have to bust your butt to th- put the ball in the back of the net. And... I agree with what Miss Rampone said is that some of these players, this is their first World Cup and it's their first opportunity to to say that they've scored while wearing their nation's colors. And that's a big deal, you know. Like, like not all of us get that opportunity. As a matter of fact, a very small group of us will ever get that opportunity. And so you should be proud. So people that are saying, you know, that it was classless and all that, let me let me ask the question, same thing Miss Rapone asked. Would you say that of the men? If the men scored thirteen goals, would we still have be having the same conversation? And honestly, I don't think so. The problem is is our women's soccer team is so good, right? So really it's probably in my opinion it's gonna come down between us and France in the final. And that's the thing is when we look at our women's soccer program, we, we have a very good team. We, out, we outplay our men's soccer team by leaps and bounds. Uh, we're, we're defending World Cup champions. We, we constantly show up. We're constantly scoring. Our, our women's program is developing young ladies who can play this game strong and be successful at it. And unfortunately, our men's team isn't doing that. So, to see the United States actually step up in the world's game, which is soccer, is, is important. We want to see that. It's great for the development of soccer programs here in the U.S. because, you know, for years, we were kind of laughed at with that, right? Like, we were kind of laughed at that, you know, the Americans will never be good at soccer. But here we are, and all of a sudden, we, we're starting to take the football world by storm, because we are easily one of the top two teams in the world. You know, uh, when we look at other games that went on, you know, uh, England beat Argentina to secure the the last uh, 16th spot. Uh, They won one over. So they won out of Group D. Um, Let's see what else we had going on. Italy reached the last 16th spot uh, with a very dominant win over Jamaica um japan beat looks like they beat scotland two to one so we've had a pretty good thing now what's been really cool about this particular world cup is that how important the set pieces have been for these players we've had a ton of goals on set pieces which is something we really can't say a lot in the men's world cup because you know when we watch men's world cup it's generally that 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 through pass that gets through that back line that really starts pushing in. You see a defense lacks up. You know, that back four just kind of breaks down and you get a through ball and you get a good solid strike. And there we go. But in this World Cup, we've seen a lot, a lot of set pieces. And that's really cool because that's rough. Like you have to practice set pieces and you have to hit everything just right to make those. So it's really cool to see that. Um... I love the fact that uh, Brazil's Marta is making such a big hit this year. Um, it's she's a hell of a player to defend against, and I'm I'm really excited to see kind of kind of what's going on, you know, when they run up against like the United States or France. Um, let's see what else we got going on. And as you can tell, I'm this is my first podcast in a while, so I didn't really. Write it out. I'm just kind of running. Uh, Group B, we have Germany. Looks like who's gonna lock up their spot. They have a one goal difference on Spain, who is second in there. China's sitting at number third, but you know they have zero on the goal differential. So I look for Germany to be the big team out of that one. Italy, of course, is gonna be the big team out of there. Brazil is going to be number two out of Group C. So we're looking at Italy and Brazil coming out of that group. Group D is going to be England and Japan. Uh, Group E looks like it's definitely going to be Canada and the Netherlands. And of course, out of our group, it's most definitely going to be United States and Sweden. Now, United States plays Chile Sunday, which would be a fun game. But, I mean, we'd have to have a catastrophic game. Because right now we're up... Plus 13 in goal differential. Uh, Group A, France and Norway. Um, I'm excited. I love World Cup time. We really get to see ladies and when the men roll around the men, we get to see national pride You know that we only, normally only get to see during the Olympics. Like uh, If we go back to the NBA Finals, it was really cool this year to get to see Canada have a team because it's awesome when you have that nationality part of it thrown in you know because canada has one basketball team there so it's very important for us to see that it's nice to see canada get that nba another thing is is um st louis blues winning their first stanley cup in franchise history so just this year alone we've had You know, the Toronto Raptors win their first. We have the, you know, the St. Louis Blues win their first. Who's next, right? Who's going to be the next team? Um, If we move on to the NFL, it's really not a whole lot going on right now. Um, I know the big talk right now is the XFL coming up. We had the AF that couldn't really make it, and that's the big talk. Is is the XFL going to be able to pull it off or the AAF, the All-American Football League, failed? Uh, Major League Baseball, the Boston Red Sox are having a really bad go at it right now. Um, we do have the opportunity to make some of that up. We've really just got to settle down. We've been playing iffy defense, and our pitching's been okay, but it hasn't been great um, I'm loving seeing what Mike Trout's doing still. Um, he is a generational player. We only see a player like Mike Trout roll around every once in a while out of the three players to sign those massive contracts. I think Mike Trout was the best one to sign that, um, you know, um, for the Yankees, uh, John Stanton and, uh, Aaron judge are both entering their final phase of rehab. So we're hoping to see them back very soon um vladimir guerrero jr took a fastball to his hand the x-rays did come back negative so that's good news we're hoping to see him be able to come back out and just kind of step back and he's going to be sore for a little bit but we really hope all the best to him let's see um zobris could potentially return to the cubs this year so that would be a cool turn of events I'm sorry for the dead air. Like I said, this is my first one in a while. Next one should be better. Another big one we got going on is the College World Series. uh, Which, of course, I'm a big baseball fan. So, seeing this is pretty awesome this time of year. And uh, let's take a look at... What I want to look at is we're going to look at the eight teams that are involved in the College World Series at this moment. So bear with me for a second. I am going to be pulling it up and I want to kind of see what we got going on. Yeah, I'm a Mississippi State fan. Of course, Mississippi State did make the College World Series, which is really good for me um, because that gives me someone to root for. I always, um, I mean, I'm always watching it every year. But it's real nice when we get to see, you know, for me personally, when we get to see Mississippi teams there because, uh, you know, we do produce some decent players coming out of Mississippi. So it, it's always fun. Now, so let's go over these teams. The first one I'm going to talk about is the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, they rode to Omaha. They were 54 and 11. They're the number two national seed, so that's going to be a good team to watch. There's on the, Arizona, the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks were 46 and 18 in the regular season, number five seed. They went ahead and made it. Mississippi State with 51 and 13. We were the number six seed, uh, and you know this is our 11th College World Series, third in seven years, so. We've had a pretty good experience of going there. We'd love to win one. Uh, We just got to play our baseball and not get stuck in trying to win these games late like we've been having to do. The Louisville Cardinals were 48-16. and They were the number seven ranked national seed. Uh, This is their fifth College World Series appearance. Texas Tech Red Raiders were 44-18, and the number eight national seed. And this is their fourth college. Their best finish is fifth. Um, so they're going to be kind of like the dark horse this year. The Michigan Wolverines—they were forty-six and twenty. Um, they won their super regional by beating uh, Cincinnati and number one national seed UCLA. So they kind of squeaked in. They're not a nationally ranked team right now, but this is their eighth College World Series, their first since nineteen eighty-four. Um, so. You know, their best finishes were in 1953 and 1962. Florida State, 23rd College World Series appearance. They're the third most all time. Uh, this is a second trip in three years. The best finish has been second three times in 1970, 86, and 1999. They're coming into this 41 and 21, so 500. And they won the Athens Regional and then the Baton Rouge Super Regional, defeating Florida Atlantic. And the number four national seed, Georgia, and 13 LSU. The Auburn Tigers made it at 38-26, sixth place in the SEC West. Um, This is their fifth College World Series appearance. First since 1997. Their best finish has been fourth, which was in 1967. So, those are our big teams. I know I missed a couple. Um, Louisville, uh, like I said, this is their fifth. All since 2007. Their best finish was fifth in 2017 and 2007. Mississippi State, uh, this is their 11th, third in seven years. Um, Their best finish was second, and that was in 2013. Let's see, Arkansas, 10th. World Series appearance their best finish was second in 1979 and 2018 and the Vanderbilt Commodores uh, this is their fourth since 2011 their best is they won it in 2014 Uh, so guys I apologize that my first podcast back in a while has been kind of a jumpy one Um, I am going to start back doing this every week it's going to be every Thursday night that I should have a new one posted that way, we've had the beginning of the week to kind of look over what's going on in sports and for me to start getting a a show put together that's not so jumpy and not so looking, you know, kind of sporadic. I do hope to have Mr. Josh back at some point. It's always fun to have another person talking with you. But until then, guys, be cool, be kind, always watch sports man like uh this is this is what we live for this gives us that that competition that that we as humans crave there's a lot of good things going on in sports right now and the moment we stop watching is the moment sports die so you know everyone have a good night good afternoon good day for whenever you're listening to this and until next time this is william jones with a fan's perspective